you're on our prayer chain um, through uh, Remind, and you've been seeing the updates. Um, but Nathan, who is our drummer um, several times a month, and he's also my nephew, so he holds a very special place in, in my heart. Um, last Sunday was not feeling good, and he had not been feeling good for a couple weeks, and went and was put on an antibiotic on Friday. And, uh, you know, we, we give praise that Eric was out of town that week, um, and Nathan had to fill in for Eric, and so Nathan had to come to church. God's saving grace right there. Praise God. God's saving grace. Um, so I'm just going to point that out every time it comes to that. So Nathan um, played, never missed a beat. Never. Even though he didn't feel good. But see, when we step out and we do things for the Lord, he meets you right where you're at. No matter how sick, no matter what's going on, God always shows up. So Nathan played. He says he only remembers sitting there and putting sunglasses on because his head hurts so bad. He came up and played all the time. He has no recollection of any of this. We prayed for him after church. He doesn't remember any of that. We prayed twice, actually. He doesn't remember anything. God had his hand on this boy. He was going to get up and leave. And God used somebody, a messenger of God. When you hear God's voice, don't ignore it. That's right. No matter what it is, don't ignore it. Because you don't know what you play in a purpose and plan for God. So somebody came back in and said, God told me to give you this. Nathan was so excited that God had told him to give him this that he went over to tell his dad. So he didn't leave. Number two, God is merciful. Mm -hmm. So he was sitting there telling his dad, and he started getting jibber-jabbed. And all of a sudden, he went into a grand mal seizure. And he seized, I swear it was a lifetime. Um, you know, as we, Peggy was holding one pulse arm, and I'm holding a head, and people are trying to help, and everybody's praying. Can I tell you, thank you, prayer warriors? Thank you. People gathered and prayed, and they interceded. And Nathan laid there probably five minutes and had a seizure. Blue, purple face laid on the floor and seized in front of us. God was up to something in this boy's life. Then he laid there for another five minutes in a post-sickle state before the ambulance got here. Got him on the gurney, took him down. He seemed to be Nathan by the time he gets to the ER. He's talking. Valerie, Doug, Justin go in. My mom and dad end up going back. And Valerie and I go back. The doctor's talking to him. He's fine. He's trying to tell us this story about this man who came back in the church and gave him something. And he's trying to get it out. Needless to say, we didn't know that it affected the speech part of his brain. And, and he starts telling us, and he can't get the words out, and then all of a sudden, he, he doesn't know my name, and he doesn't know Valerie. And we go back out, and we tell the doctors and nurses, hey, you know, this isn't right. Get, he's, I think he's going to seize again. They come in and take him for an emergency CAT scan. He seizes over there. They come out, and they tell us. Now, this, this, this is the question I have. Does God have to get you to the point of desperation before you turn? before you start doing what you're called to do? Does he have to take you so down to where you are just pleading and begging for the hand of God and mercy upon your situation or upon your life that it takes you that much? Did it take Paul going blind, Saul, on the road to Damascus? 
for God to speak to him so that he was clear and heard the voice of God. What's it take? Ask yourself, what's it going to take in your life to hear God's voice and to know what your purpose and plan is that God has for you? So they came, they rushed, and they came back, and they said, there's something abnormal in the CAT scan. We have to put him on life supports before he fries his brain. That's what the doctor said. Before his brain gets fried in a seizure, we have to intubate him and get him on life supports and get him sedated. Okay, I was done. I was in the handcuffs. I was in the desperation. I felt the devil kick my butt right there and then. And I walked away from the doctor and I went out and I called him. And I am sobbing on the phone telling him, Jimmy, there's something wrong. It's not right. There's not right. And all of a sudden, the team back here was praying. See, God sends people to pray when you are weak. When you are weak, who makes you strong? God makes you strong. It's not in our own strength. And that's where we have to get to the understanding. There was nothing I could do. I was helpless. I'm in the medical profession. And Peggy, I felt so helpless leaning over that boy because I had nothing that I could do except pray and intercede. And so Jimmy puts people, he puts me on speakerphone. And there were people that God chose to tell me who I am in Christ and to tell me what my position was in Christ and to tell me what I was to go and do in Christ, not in Jill. And I'll tell you what, my, my mindset went from defeat to a mindset of warrioring. I don't know that I've ever felt that before in an instant. But that's what God does. That's what prayer of the people do. That's what encouragement does. And I went in there and went right to the desk and I said, I got to get back to my nephew. I don't care if I'm in the room, but I, I need to get back to him. And she says, well, I'm sorry. They just have an emergency trauma coming in and nobody can get back. And I'm like, God, come on. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I go into the room where everybody's at. They put us in a private room, and I started to tell them, listen, this is war. This is not accidental. This is no sickness. This is the demon of hell that is trying to come and take, steal, and kill, and destroy, and it is all-out war. Come on, who's standing with me? And the atmosphere changed. It went from a defeated to a risen king and savior. Let's go do it. And I went back out to the desk. I don't know what all of them did. I went back out to the desk, and I'm standing there pacing in front of this secretary, and she's on the phone, and I can hear her say, um, this guy's nephew, this girl's, or this guy's aunt is out here and wants to get back. And I, I go up to her, and I go, tell him I'm a nurse practitioner and a pastor. I know what medical's about. I can come back, you know, and she's like, so they come out. They send this patient advocate out to get me and took me in the back way. And I'll tell you what, I paced in front of that door, and I paced in front of that, hall, that door there, and people thought I was psychopath. But I'm telling you what, I don't care, because when you go to war for the Lord, 
Miracles are going to happen. And those people, I laughed one time. I saw this nurse looking at me, and I chuckled. And I'm like, oh, you just wait, lady. God's going to show you. God's going to show you. You're going through something in your life right now, and you need to see the hand of God move, and you're going to see it. And I would go in, and I would put my hands and pray over him, and I would sing over him, and then I'd go back out and warrior. How many of you guys have ever had to be in a position like that where you knew the fight was not in the natural, it was in the supernatural? And what did we talk about last week in church? We talked about the supernatural, not seeing with our eyes here on the earthly realm, because I'm telling you what, it was bleak, and it was discouraging, and it was, it was not a good place to look at. But I kept saying, God, don't keep me in the natural. You take me to the supernatural. Come on, God, this war is not in the natural. It is in the supernatural. And you show up. Come on. And I started speaking to those demons that are trying to t steal, kill, and destroy. And I started to tell them where they could go. I said, come on. Come on out and play with me. I'm ready. You leave that boy alone. I'm ready. I got the word in my heart, and I am going after you. I said, you... Don't even think you're using my family for your playground. You get out here and you discuss it with me. I have never had that boldness. But that's what God wants us to rise up to. That's where he wants us to go. He wants us to go from the natural fighting on this earth. And he wants to take us to the supernatural. He wants us to know that the, the battle is not with flesh and blood. It's not with me and you. It is with the principalities around us, and that's where we need to go. You know, my husband shared yesterday in a group, and I never saw it this way. He shared in, the, in our prayer group, and he said, listen, when you and your mate are fighting, he says, where do you go? Do you fight back? Do you fight in the natural? If you could see in the supernatural, and you could see the enemy picking at your mate, if you could see the enemy having his hand on your mate's head, if you could see in the supernatural to know what is going on that's causing your mate right now to respond in the way they're responding, if you could see in that supernatural realm, what would you be doing? Would you be still fighting with your mate? Or would you start praying for your mate and say, you know what, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what he's going through right now, but, but I'm coming against it in Jesus' name. I'm coming against it. If you could see in the supernatural, you'd be punching those enemies. You'd be defending your mate instead of fighting with them. We got to take it from the natural of what we see, and we got to ask for God's eyes and God's ears and God's heart to take it to a higher place, to the supernatural. So I come back in and I warrior. We warrior. They get him to ICU. People come in. We're praying. We're believing. Valerie and Doug had so much faith. They said, we have this supernatural peace about us. Unbelievable. Peace. So Nathan now, people back here have had visions that God gave them during prayer. They had visions. People had dreams. And I'm telling you, the enemy tried to shake our faith, not on just one occasion, but a couple. The enemy tried to shake our faith. But, you know, the Bible says to take every thought captive. To take every thought captive. Don't go down that road. Is that from the Lord or is that from, from the enemy? You have to decipher 
And if you know God and you know his heart and you know the word, then you are able to decipher which voice it is that you are listening to. God saved him many times. Could have been driving a car and had a seizure and killed himself or somebody else. God saved him many times. Why was I to think that he was going to take him now? No. God put it in our hearts. And he put it in our hearts three days. Three days. Somebody at the church saw a sick whale swallow Nathan in a little rowboat. And the whale had spots on it. Nathan's MRI had a spot on his brain. His CAT scan had a spot on his lung. Three days, three days. And I told Justin, my nephew, I said, Justin, listen, Justin. And I explained the different things that was going on back here. And I didn't know the importance of that. But Justin was holding on to what I said about three days. He was holding on to that. And I didn't realize how much he was holding on to that. But let me tell you, Sunday, Monday, transferred to the Cleveland Clinic. Tuesday, had brain surgery and was told it was an infection. An infection. Not cancerous mass. Not something that was going to be permanent. It was an infection that could be treated with antibiotics. Three days. After he came out of surgery, he was extubated. People were able to go in and visit him. Brain surgery, like literally go inside, cut a hole in his skull this big, and drain that mass of, of, of pus. We've been praying that Nathan, through this three-day journey, because see, Nathan had plans. He had things he was getting ready for. But God was also working in this boy's heart. He was also working in his heart. And I'm going to read you the text that Valerie sent me this morning. Um, we've been praying that God would speak to Nathan. We've been praying this. And Valerie says to me, just to let you both know, when we walked into Nate's room this morning, he told us that God spoke to him and told him what he is to do next. And she said he had a huge smile on his face. See, when you know you've heard the voice of God, you can't help but smile. You can't help but smile. There is something inside of you that gives you such a peace and such a fulfillment and such a contentment. Like Paul says in jail, as he's chained, I, am, I find complete contentment here, even though he's suffering. How do we find contentment in our suffering? How? I know there's a lot of people in this room that are suffering, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's financial, whether it's decision makings, there's a lot of people in here that, that you could raise your hand and tell me your story. But how do you find contentment while you're suffering? I'll tell you what, the way I found it was going before the throne. The way I found it was thanking him. The 
way I found it was, God, you've given me that promise, and I'm clinging to it. You said in the word that you've planned, you've, you've set me here for a purpose and a plan. In my mother's womb, you formed me. You thought about me. I was a thought on your mind before my cells were even all together. And you had a purpose and a plan for me. He says, I'm not here to harm you or forsake you. I'm here to give you a purpose and a plan. That's what God wants for every single one of us, is he wants his will be done. I prayed over him as I'm laying on top of him, holding his head. That is the worst sight that I want to keep in my mind, is a loved one with a blue-purple face, and you can't do a thing about it. And I held him, and I'm praying, and I'm praying in the spirit, because right now my spirit is weak, and I don't know what to do. And God just made it very clear to me, my will be done, my will be done. And he said it over and over, my will be done, my will be done. That's a promise. That's a promise. And I clinged on to that. So Nathan, Valerie just told me before we came to church, is back to his normal self today. He is arguing with his brother. See, up until now, we thought maybe they quirked something in his language center because he, if anybody knows Nathan, he's very quiet. He doesn't really want you to know his business. And he has had truth serum, and he has just spewed all kinds of things that we have now, you know, to it. And yesterday they gave him, because if you know Nathan, he frogged all summer long, and he did the frog legs and ate them and froze them. And Melanie, his sister, uh, found a little blue frog and put it in a specimen cup, um, a little plastic one, and they told him that this is what the doctor pulled out of your brain. And so... He has been showing everybody this specimen cup about the frog, and the doctor assured him, this is not what I pulled out of your brain. But, you know, this is what Nathan, and, and Nathan is back to texting and calling. And so we want to play a little short clip that Nathan did. Go ahead. Feeling? I'm feeling a lot better than, uh, than I've been last week. Uh, yeah, I'm Thanks for, thanks for everyone praying for me, and I'm feeling a lot better, and I'm getting better every day. So Nathan is going to have five more weeks of antibiotics at home. He should be coming home Tuesday or Wednesday. He'll be on IVs for a while, and uh, his life as he knows it is kind of stopped right now. But let me ask you something. Is it worth knowing what your plan and purpose is? Is whatever you have to go through worth knowing what your plan and purpose is? That's the question. Do you trust God enough to let him take you places you may not want to go in order to be in his will? That's the question. Because sometimes that's a hard answer to give. Well, I don't know, God, if I want to do that. Well, are you ready to surrender it all and to let him take you on his journey for your life? Or are you going to be in control and say, no, God, I'm not going that way? You find contentment when you are doing what you should be doing for Christ 
even in your suffering. So let's just pray this morning. We just, again, want to thank you all for your prayers. Um, Nathan, he's already said multiple times, when can I drum? When can I drum? Um, when can I drum? And I said, Nathan, you give us the green light, buddy. You're back on. You're back on. Um, you know, one more say, Nathan, every time he, you play music, he beats his hands. If you've ever, Eric does the same thing. Drummers just, they cannot not beat. And so, Nathan, I played him a song, um, and it was called While I'm Waiting. And Robert had sent me that song, and what a beautiful song. And then I played the theme song um, that God gave me, um, The Enemy Is Not Defeated by Hillsong. Uh, or I'm sorry, The Enemy Is Defeated, yeah, by Hillsong. And I told Nathan, this is the first song we're playing when you come back. We are going to declare it. Well, during the drum solo on that song, all of a sudden I see his little thumb. He's like eyes closed, not doing anything. And all of a sudden he started playing the cymbal, Eric. He starts shaking his thumb. And I grab his hand and I'm like, I see that cymbal going. Because you know what? God has a purpose and a plan. He has a purpose and a plan. And he's got one for each one of you guys as well. So let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much, Lord. God, we thank you so much. You are the great I am. You are the healer. God, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to teach us to be more like him, to lead us and to guide us and to direct us. And then you sent him to that whipping post, Lord, for our sickness. And then you put him on a cross and allowed him to go into the grave for three days. And then he rose again and he brought those keys with him. That we may be saved. That his mercy and grace would follow us and be with us. God, I pray right now for individuals in this room. God, if you are calling people to warrior for you and they are timid or afraid, I pray and speak boldness into their lives right now in Jesus' name. Boldness. God, if there are people right now that have a mountain in front of them and they don't even understand and they are so much in the, the winds and the waves, dear God, that they don't even see you. They can't even hear your voice because it's going on so loud around them. I pray right now, dear God, that they would hear you in that still small voice and that they would learn that they are the ones to stand up, to rise up, and to rebuke the winds and the waves. God, I pray this morning for, for individuals in this room, Lord, who need a physical touch. God, we have watched a miraculous miracle this week. And I pray, dear God, that, that physical touch, if you need a physical touch, just raise your hand right now. Both of mine are up. If you need a physical touch in this room today, just raise your hands. God, you see all of the hands raised today, Lord. You know each and every detail and God, I pray right now that you would just start healing people. You would heal people, Lord. It doesn't need someone touching them and praying over them, Lord. It's, it's a really them going after you. So right now, just like the, the, the lady of the, with the issue of blood who touched the hem of his garment, go after him. If you need a healing in the room right now, go after him. Don't just sit there. 
don't just sit there and allow this to happen. It is in your mindset and your perspective to go after the healer. He already did the work. He already did the work. Go after him. Ask him right now. Jesus, I pray right now that you would heal my diabetes. In Jesus' name, the impossible becomes possible. Jesus' name. There is nothing impossible for my God. In Jesus' name. God, I, I, I thank you. I rejoice in watching you move people this week. I rejoice in seeing people come alive in you and using the gifts that you've given them, Lord, to minister for you. God, I, I pray a continuation of that. God, don't let it take a traumatic experience in our lives, dear God, to draw us closer to you. But let us have that hunger to draw closer to you every day, no matter what, whether we're on the mountaintops or whether we're in the valley. Let us not see in the natural, Lord, but let us see in that supernatural. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. I've been in church all week. <laughs> and those who have been with me, um, I, I want to say this, along with what my wife is saying. Um, some, some of you are Gideons hiding in a wine press with a handful of wheat. And I'm going to tell you this, just like God spoke over Gideon, he called him a word, called him with two words, mighty warrior. So I, I want to say this today, say, say goodbye to our kids. Thanks for joining us today. Um, is this, I want, you, I want you to know this. If you, if you are here today and unsure of what God has for you, listen to me. If you are here today and you said yes to Jesus and you want his plan in your life and you, you haven't yet figured it out, you're Gideon. And I want to say this, is uh, Gideon was hiding in the wine press with a handful of wheat. And God came to him and spoke to him and called him this mighty warrior so i want to say this everyone who gives their life to christ jesus is indeed a mighty warrior you just don't understand it yet and sometimes activation takes a group of people praying and sometimes even mighty warriors get off track and they let their minds get lied to and and the enemy comes and speaks his language and you hear his language and tend to want to uh, is it going to and you doubt in your mind I'm going to tell you this again. I'm going to reestablish what God has already said. You are a mighty warrior. And if you need to look yourself in the mirror and tell you that you're, I am a mighty warrior in Christ Jesus. For it's not based on what I am in the natural. It's not based on the flesh he's given me. It's based on what he spoke over me before I was formed in the womb of my mother. I am and so are you, mighty warriors. Claim your name today. If you need to say it over and over again, say it over and over again. You are a mighty warrior. You are a mighty warrior. Now, if we need to do come together, meet once a week to tell each other we're that, then instead of saying, hey, how are you doing? Just say, hey, mighty warrior, how are you doing today? You are a mighty warrior. Because we are. And sometimes we just need to be waking up a little bit. Just wake up today. Call him who he is. He's God. He's chosen me. He's God. He's chosen me. Thank you, Lord, for that. 
I appreciate all of you. And this has been a, an amazing week, uh, tragic, but in the way it started on Sunday. Who were here on Sunday when, when Nathan went into a seizure? And uh, some of you might have, uh, it was shortly after service. And man, I'll tell you what, what do you do at that moment? It's like, oh, whoa. And so we started to pray. And I'll tell you what, I love the fact that this church body stayed a family, stayed here and prayed. And some of you had to go understand that. Some of you were able to stay and you did. And I'm telling you what, we had church again and again and again. And it's amazing because as we warred together for something, we knew that God could easily speak a word. But he says, no, I'm going to choose my church to speak it for me. You see, what's amazing about God is this. He can do anything like this. Can he not? If he can speak the universe in existence in a spoken word, let it be, and it was, then he can do anything, for he's God. But he says, no, what I want to do on this earth is use my people. It gives him great pleasure to be able to speak into people, and they speak the same language. And I'm telling you, it's a language barrier that we have sometimes. You know, I don't know if I, does anybody speak a couple languages here today? Who speaks a couple languages? I speak one barely, not well, but it's, <laughs> I do speak one language. Some of you have learned languages in high school. I learned Spanish and French. I could probably do the alphabet, maybe, or maybe the numbers. That's about it. And Albano, when I go to Mexico, means where's the restroom? I can get that figured out. But here's the thing. Who, who's more than one language in here? Do we have? I know Saudi speaks too. But does anybody else speak more than Rachel? Rachel, you, yes. You could probably come up here and speak Spanish for us pretty well. <laughs> What's amazing is this. Language is powerful. Do you hear me? Language is powerful. To be able to speak the same language is a powerful thing. How do I know that? How do I know that? Well, I don't know. Anybody ever see a movie called Arrival? It's a weird one. But it gets you to think. Now, I screened that. I don't know what it is when it's not screened by Vin Angel. But um, that's, that's a, that was a bizarre video. But it made you think about language, the power of language. And so what I got from that is, and I was weird because I'm watching a movie and I'm having this thing with Jesus, having a discussion. Anybody having, you're watching a movie and you're having a discussion with Jesus. Like, wow, that's incredible. He's speaking to you. And the words of God comes. And imagine the words of the Bible. And you're just analyzing a movie. I, I see Jesus in that movie. You know, it's incredible when he does that kind of stuff. And I'm sitting there having Jesus moments in, a, in, a, in a, this, I know, in Arrival, which is a, a movie about aliens. And I'm having Jesus moments. But I did. And I saw in, the, in, this, in that particular movie, The Power of Language, here's what Mother Teresa says. Kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. You can say one word to somebody, one small sentence to somebody, and those words will everlasting effect. If you speak life, you choice. The power of the tongue, life and death. I mean, it amazes me that God gives us the ability to speak those kinds of things into people. We speak the same language into somebody. And sometimes, who knows this, when you're with your husband or wife or maybe with a good loved one, and you don't even have to speak words. You look in someone's eyes, and there's something that's transferred to the heart and man, I'll tell you, those moments when God speaks through somebody, those moments where you think you're not really there. My wife's contested when we were praying, and she needs that word from somebody. Truth, I need to hear truth, not another lie. 
I don't need if someone says, well, understand because, and they give this story of their life. You don't need that. You need God's truth at that moment. I need to be a Gideon hearing the voice of an angel saying, you are a mighty warrior. How many people know and understand that? That there's moments in your life that somehow the world captivates it and you're stuck in a lie. And you can't get through it. It's like, I can't get through. And all of a sudden, someone gives you a call on the phone. And they pray with you. And all of a sudden, you're reestablished. My clear mind, I'm ready. How many people know that we need that? We need that with each other. We need that with each other. Language exposes the heart. Language exposes the heart. Listen to me. A good person produces good fruit from a good treasure of his heart. An evil person produces evil from an evil treasure because the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. And I'm telling you, if you find yourself speaking mean, analyze your heart. Make Get before God. Let God speak his words over you. Get into his words and let that get into you so what comes in the heart will come out of those moments that you need it. And someone is looking at you and thinking, I need something. And you can transfer that language in the way God speaks it over you. The comfort you receive is the comfort you give others. What's what the word says? The comfort you receive from God is the comfort I will share with others. We need to be about sharing those things with other people. When you're a clear mind, when God gives you some truth and revelation, Paul says it so well. Revelation of God. What compares to it? What compares to the knowledge of God? When God speaks his knowledge into you through his word and through the Holy Spirit, what else compares to it? Nothing compares to it. All is like rubbish compared to the knowledge of Christ Jesus. And anything, any lofty thing tries to rise itself up against the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Anything that tries to rise up against what God says he is and who you are, you are to cast it down. You are not to receive that. That is a lie. And we've been lied to all the time. And I'm tired of lies. Who's tired of lies today? I'm tired of lies. Don't you lie to me. Someone comes up. I just want to. Don't you lie to me. All you better do is tell me God's word right now. That's all I need to hear. I need to hear truth. I need to hear truth that will hold my spirit up high. Speaking to me who I am. So I may be who God wants me to be. We need each other. And often we can stumble, can't we? But when someone comes to you and they put their arm around you and they speak the words of God into you, the word of God, you're like, oh, God is so good. We will all have good hearts. We are good trees, aren't we? If we are good trees, we bear what? Good fruit. That means if someone needs some good fruit, you are it. You're a tree that bears good fruit. If you're one today that has not given your life to Christ Jesus, you've not walked in his goodness, do it today. What are you waiting for? Come before a king, the one who loves you, the one who wants to speak over you, who wants to call you who you are, calls Lazarus from the grave. He's going to call you out of the grave. He's going to speak life in you. Who people, how many people know the life of Christ? How many people know he gives life? How many of us go, God, you are, you are life. You're the way, truth, and life. You are life. And you know that, man. I'm telling you, you can't get enough of that. You cannot get enough of that. Here's what Genesis says. Genesis 11. The Lord said, behold, they are one people. They, and it says, and they all have the same language. And this is what they began to do. And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. What he's saying is this. They have one language. 
They speak the same language. They work together. Unity. We cannot be unified in this church. We cannot see. The Bible says that when he sees unity amongst men, he commands his blessing. He will not command his blessing if it doesn't unity. Unity is established with language. We must speak the same language. And it's not English. You know what I'm saying? That needs to start now in this church. And that's what I saw. I'm so thankful, not that Nathan had to receive what he got, what he got. I am so thankful I heard one language in this church. I heard it. I heard it in prayer. I heard when people declared his word, stood together, held hands. I saw this church rise up to what's supposed to be. I saw the body of Christ become what it's supposed to become because there's one language spoken in this place. It was a language of hope. And that's what we need. And if it takes those times when someone is hurting, because the Bible says when one person hurts, we all hurt. When one person is honored, we all are honored, you see. Not one. So please today, be a part of the family. Learn the language. If you haven't heard it, give your life to Christ. Learn the language and speak with it. We have power of language, it says. John 14 is where we're going to plant for a while. This is about the supernatural. How many people want to see the supernatural? That freaks you out. I don't know when you do a Google search, you'll see all kinds of stuff about the supernatural. I'm telling you today, who wants to see the supernatural of God? Who wants to see the supernatural of God? Now, I'm going to tell you what that recalls. That is, that is a revelation to see the supernatural. It's a gift called discernment. And God wants his children to see it in the supernatural. He says, I seat you with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. You have an opportunity to see. But here's the, here's the thing. You see that which is good and that which is evil. To have that kind of experience in the supernatural, you will experience both. You better know what is good and you better know what is evil. Because Bible, the Bible says you'll receive the gift of discernment if you are mature in the word. So get mature in the word of God and be able to discern those things. You can compare it to the word. That doesn't line up. That's a lie. I don't see that. I cast that down. And I know what's the truth. I can hold on to that dearly, for that is truth. John 14 says, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Christ makes a very profound statement. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. If you see me, you see the Father. And what he's saying is this. In this church here today, if you have received Christ Jesus, I see Jesus and Lauren right now. That's what's so amazing. When I see her stand up here and grab this mic and speak a word over this church, I see Christ I see Jesus, and anyone who's able to stand up in boldness, and God will use you, you will see Jesus, and you'll see the Father. It's a one language. How many people know that there's all kinds of, you can walk out of here, and you can go any place, and you can hear all kinds of languages, right? That which is evil. You can hear it all and go, wow, this is, and you're looking, this is, this is a dark world. But when you get together with like-minded, unified 
born-again believers filled with the Spirit of God, and you start to speak a language, oh, I'm telling you what, you'll be there for hours and don't know, but minutes, hours pass by. Because that's what the body of Christ needs. This is very, and if you want to study, John 14, it's a good study. It says, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. What he's saying is just show us the Father. If we just see God in his glory like that, that's going to be enough for us. They don't get it. See, they've been walking with Jesus all this time, and he has shown him all the works of the Father, even what the Father speaks, and they cannot see it. Philip says, just show us God. And that's what most of us who don't know Jesus say. Show us God. We're, that's the supernatural. If God can just speak, that would be supernatural. You see, that's where we need to, we need to search after those things that we cannot see. Let's just stumble around and say, God, God, let's see. You do this, God, and we'll believe. Or you do this over there, we'll believe, God. He says, no, you don't understand. You see, all you need to do is look what I am doing. Christ Jesus, and you are Christians. Whatever you do, whatever you do for him, we see the supernatural. He does it through us. This is amazing, isn't it? He chooses Mike, you and me. He chooses others in this place. He chooses you in the flesh to represent him in that way. That people can look upon Mike and say, that's the supernatural, what he does, how he prays, how he speaks, how he sees a need. He removes that need. And when he comes in the gift of healing or the gift of prophecy, anything he chooses, Mike, you become. He uses his people. Don't keep your eyes. Well, listen, keep your eyes on Jesus. Well, there's truth to that, right? Author and finisher of our faith. Sure, keep your eyes on Jesus, but look what he's doing in others. Speak the same language. Be a part of the same body. Speak the same language and see what God's going to do with you and me. It's going to be amazing. Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you? Philip, what's going on here? And yet you have not come to know me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? It's that simple. Sue, can I see Jesus today? All I need to do is come and embrace you, hear your words of Christ, and I can, fe I can, I can feel and see the supernatural right here and now. Why do we make it such a glander thing to look around and see, well, let's try to chase. Where, where's the next move of God? Let's go chase it. You see? And we're chasing everything. You're Phillips. Well, I've got to go see it. I've got to see it to experience it. I've got to go to that healer. Healer's coming to Youngstown, so I'm going to run to him. You see? He says, why don't you find it in those who are in your body? It's right here. Embrace each other. Speak the language to each other. Unify together, and I will command my blessing on it. You see, we run and we run. People are looking for the right church and the right programs and what are they running. And God says, I plant you by a river. It's here. And it's like it, it just gets electrifying when there's a need. And you see everybody come around that need, and you start to pray and believe. And the words of God are spoken. You will see the supernatural. You will see the healings. You will see those that he said will come, will come. They will be here. Shannon says, God is here. Where are you looking? 
What do you have to experience in your life to believe him? Do you see God? I have to see God do this, then I believe. You are Philip, and shame on you. He says, all you need to do is look at each other, for Jesus is in them. Speak the same language today. Don't be like a Philip today. Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? For the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. The best thing we could ever have is this, for God can do it, is I can see it in you, and you can see it in me. The best thing to unify this church in the same language is this. I've got to see Jesus in you, and you've got to see him in me. And if that can happen, we can speak the same language, and nothing will be impossible for us. For God can do it on his own. Absolutely. He can speak a word. We often say, God, visit this place. And he says, I'm in you in this place. Because I'm in you. And all we have to do is this. If you want to see the supernatural and the miraculous in this place today, then love one another. And I don't mean come to church and say, how you doing? It's good to see you today. We can, believe me, those words are not mean. But it's not speaking the same language. Language is concern. Language is compassionate. Language is love. Language is going to someone and saying, how are you really doing? For I have faith today. And whatever you're afflicted with today is going to leave in Jesus' name. For we need each other to speak truth in each other's lives. You know what I'm saying? We need church to be like that. We need church to rise up and be who we're supposed to be. Not to look around and say, okay, let's follow after God. Where is he? But say, here he is. I see him in you, Mike. Today, I was moved. I was moved. The Spirit of God was flowing, wasn't it? In those, in those songs. You know, why was today different? Tell me. Why was the excitement of God different today? Was it that God is bigger today? That God speaks the same language? Does, has his word changed today? What happened today? Do you know when faith rises up in a place, when people start to see Jesus in each other, start to see the gifts of God in each other, start to see the prayers of his people rise, when faith rises in the place, miracles happen. Not because he's changed, not because we earn something. He's already had it. He's already given it to us. Victory is already ours. You see, let's love one another. I mean, to levels we've never, never seen before. But we have to be willing to open up. Thank you, Jesus, for your word today. Thank you, Father, that you speak so loudly, and yet sometimes we do not hear. I thank you, Lord, that even today, even as I was praying, I looked over to my left, and I saw Kasha singing her heart out for you, Jesus. I was moved today. When I looked down, I saw Saudi on his knees giving you praise. You see, God, I saw Jesus today in these people. I saw Jesus when Nathan was in, a, in, in his seizure, and I saw Jesus 
Lord, you were moving in people and, and speaking truth in that room back there. And I saw Jesus, I saw you when a phone call was made to my wife and people were speaking the truth of God's word. I saw Jesus, I saw the supernatural. You see, Lord, faith will rise and nothing's impossible for those who believe. I thank you, Lord, today there's some people that came here that were sick. They walked in this place and they're going to leave healed. Why? Because faith is in this place. Why? Because Jesus is here. And I thank you, Father, that even right now you call people to your altar. Lord, you have not changed. You're the same today, yesterday, today, and forevermore. You are king of kings, and you have not come off your throne. You are the king, and you love us with all kinds of compassion. So, Father, today I pray those who are seated will reach out to you. Don't hold back. They don't hold back. For you're, you're knocking at the dinner door. Lord, all you want them to do is open up the door of their hearts, and you're going to come in and dine with them. Father, thank you that you are Jesus here. Thank you that you represent love. And, Lord, you're going to keep working on us. You're going to unify us for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen.